The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Oh, just enjoying the the solitude life, (laughs) you know. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting here, video games, about it. Yeah, yeah, you know what, yeah, you know, it's kind of, I think this is like the first weekend since, first or second weekend where they announced where they really wanted to uh, curb this whole, uh, the whole, the whole Carino thing up here in our area. And there's just not a whole hell of a lot to do or places to go or anything and all that. If you're honestly, if it wasn't for doing this show, doing radioactive metal and listening to just a metric shit ton of wrestling and music podcasts, I, I, I would go crazy. I would mm-hmm. go nuts. You know, like it's just, I don't understand introverts. Okay. Like people that, want to live like this <laughs> and, and you know because like the three of us we're always out and about in the scene going to shows doing this we have you know booming social lives and all that people actually yeah. want to hang out with us and we want to hang out with people mm-hmm. you know yeah I, like, I, I can honestly say that like i'm grateful that we have like the means of communicating with each other that we do nowadays Hmm social media and other things like like uh skype right now oh for sure for and, sure uh, also having the uh the streaming services for entertainment at our fingertips like we do like netflix and disney plus and uh amazon and whatever you have youtube even so now that i've mentioned all those names i'll be expecting the check in the mail any day now <laughs> that's right, that's right. don't don't forget independent wrestling tv oh <laughs> there you go there you go everyone go there <laughs> yeah. As soon as you're done listening to this episode, run there. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. But uh, but apart from that, we're all managing. We're all alive and healthy, and our loved ones are doing well. I'm assuming. Yeah. I talked to my parents on the phone the other day. They were they seem to be doing all right. Excellent, excellent. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. We've got. Uh, whew. I think we've definitely got a uh, full docket here of stuff to talk about in the wonderful world of pro wrestling. Um, who wants to start with what? Well, Ducky, you you watched a couple deathmatch uh, shows the past few days. Why don't you? Yeah. Oh, us about them? Okay. Oh, all right. Here we go. Uh, here we go. We're, we're going to start with this, are we? Okay. All right. We're going to start with the hardcore shit. All right. <laughs> Just, uh, like, just torment me. <laughs> the first show was Friday evening, but I don't well, I don't remember what I was doing Friday, so I watched it today. Uh, this is ICW's Pit Fighter Four from Tampa, in a bar in Tampa, Florida, and they had like a UFC style cage set up. Okay, put, put in planks as the ring to fight in, so like none of the crowd would accidentally get hurt, which is nice. Yeah, 
first off, the first match we had was 2020 King of the Deathmatch winner Eric Ryan versus Jimmy Lloyd. It was good. There were some brutal spots. Eric Ryan won with his, you know, his foot stomp thing that he does to the back of people's heads. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he won with that. Then we had Eddie only against Dominic Garini. Dominic Garini is like a U is like an MMA type fighter, but he's not afraid to get hit with glass and shit, which makes him way more scarier. He, oh, beat, yeah. he beat Eddie only with like a modified heel hook. Uh, then we had Justin Kyle versus this guy named Bruce Santi. I guess these are MMA type dudes and there was no weapons, no nothing. It was just stiff as shit for like 10 minutes. Justin Kyle came out on top on that one with referee stoppage. A ref stoppage in a in a death turn, death match? What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Hell in a Cell 2019? <laughs> <laughs> and we had Akira versus Nolan Edward. Nolan Edward uh, is just this newer dude, just crazy tough. Last weekend... At Pit Fighter 3, he wrestled a returning Dan Moff, and Dan Moff beat the shit out of him, and he kept getting up. And Dan Moff was like, what's wrong with you? And Nolan Edward kept going, everything, and then getting hit again. <laughs> Akira won this one after a modified bow and arrow lock type thing with a, with a hacksaw in his <laughs> mouth, and then choking him out. Then we had. <laughs> oh, here's Snowy, like. <laughs> Dude, you need help. <laughs> then we had Reed Bentley versus Atticus Kogar, the 2020 Prince of the Death Matches, and he won with a double underhook pile driver on a barbed wire board. Jesus Christ. Then we had. Well, he was only the Prince, like, come on. Yeah. Then, we yeah. had, <laughs> then we had Alex Ocean against John Wade Murdoch in that video I showed you a few minutes ago there where they were hitting each other with gusset plates on two-by-fours. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that, well. <laughs> that got bloody just yeah. really quick. John Wade, John Wade Murdoch won that one. And then we had Neil Diamond Cutter against Schlack. Oh, okay. Slack won by running, power bombing him into the side of the cage, and then power bombing him through a barbed wire board. I love that name, Neil Diamond Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like we gotta have this guy on the show. Okay, because like, like obviously Neil Diamond is that contemporary pop singer that old people really love, yeah, and my my mom and dad like. They loved him as I was growing up. That was really one of the few artists that they actually listened to. And so when I heard the name Neil Diamond Cutter, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Hmm. We got to have this fucker on the show for sure. <laughs> does, does, does he come out to Sweet Caroline? Yeah, he does. Oh, right <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about your most inappropriate song, you know, for a deathmatch tournament or whatever. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> crowd no. uh, yeah. 
I, I, I think I would pop for he that. He comes though. out when the lyrics start, and then everyone in the crowd goes, bop, bop, bop. Oh, I would totally pop for that. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, if his name's Neil Diamond Cutter, instead of bop, 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 he should say, feel the bang. Bang, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I think maybe, I don't know, maybe WCW had rights to that that WWE now owns, so maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> Probably. Probably not. Yeah. And then moving on to last night's ICW No Holds Barred Volume 8, we opened the show with Slack against Ming. Ming? Oh, boy. You opened with that. Yeah, they opened with it. Where do you go from there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was just like in the chains like normal. There was no weapons in the ring. There was just them punching each other in the face and chopping each other as hard as they could. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. very stiff match, then hitting each other with chairs on the floor. And then at mm. one point, Ming found a bundle of tubes and wailed a slack with it. Oh. And then oh. the referee just counted them both out because they wouldn't stop hitting each other outside the ring with chairs. The ref mm. just stopped it and was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, how, how do you call order in a match between two men like that? That's oh yeah, <laughs> you don't. You know, like if, if, if they say, you know what? Never mind your schedule. Never mind, you know whatever. Never mind whatever your booker says. I want to go some more. Like, do you say to Ming, "No, your time is up"? Like, yeah, this is the guy who this is a guy who once took a can of mace from a police officer and sprayed That's himself. Great. <laughs> I would, I would be okay. No, no, sir, this you're is right. A guy who wins bar fights with his tongue death grip, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So how, how how did Ming look? Like he's got to be getting on, though. He's definitely getting on. Like his I face think, looks yeah. the exact same. He just looks like he's got a beer gut and gray hair now, but he's still tough shit. Oh no, toad! Like does he still have a, does he still have like the long like afro hair or? Mm-mm. No, he cut it down? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's... Like, a guy like that, you don't really... Yeah, you don't tell what to do, and I'm surprised anybody would want to step in the ring because, like, for those who don't know, like, Meng was one of the only two men, aside from Bruiser Brody, who Andre the Giant was legitimately afraid of. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, who also would want to tell slack to stop doing shit all yeah that's another guy too <laughs> yeah it's like yeah this is this is like the hardcore version of the irresistible force meets the immovable object basically definitely definitely punches and chair shots and that was it but it was good mm-hmm. i'm still surprised ming could move around that good well yeah for he's getting up there yeah, he must be in his 60s by now, I assume. Yeah. I think he's like 62, 63. Yeah, because his sons are like in their 30s, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, they're still in the Bullet Club. Yep. They're still leading the Bullet Club. Or no, I guess Jay White's the leader of the Bullet Club. Never mind. They're in the Bullet Club, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then wow. up next, we had... Well, it was good to see Ming. I mean, because I... with him being in Japan, I'm sure he had to... Isolate for two weeks. Oh, sure. Yeah. When he got here. But it was good to see him back in the ring, even though he looked like he could kill Slack if he wanted to with his bare hands. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Up next, we had Eric Ryan versus Dominic Garini. Yeah, I did say his name right this time, too. Okay. It was go. good. They put a bunch of light tubes in, and they just were swinging on each other. And so Eric Ryan was a mess, and I can't... Oh, fuck. I think Eric Ryan... Yeah, Eric Ryan won that one with his stomps again, and then walked out. He was the more bloodier one. And, of course, he used his fork, because he brings forks to the rings, as you both know. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and then up next we had Reed Bentley versus Jimmy Lloyd. Very good match. They were they op- there was a barbecue in the ring. They opened it and it was full of old VHS tapes. So they were beaning each other in the skull with VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to sacrifice their old VHS tapes for that? They were probably um, shitty movies. And like yeah, like I again, I, I, I didn't want to give up anything. Up- but- then again, this was behind a pawn shop. <laughs> this okay. show. So they probably just went in, went to the tape section and went, here's 20 bucks. Give me all yeah. that. <laughs> Give me a bunch of those. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, it depends if they still work or not. Like some of them, I've definitely put, like when I still had a VCR, I've definitely put VHS tapes in and then like the tracking mode never stopped. <laughs> because <laughs> yep. just in such poor condition. Right. Yeah. But uh, Reed Bentley won this one. I don't remember how, but he did win this match. Up next, we had Eddie Only versus the returning G-Raver, his first official match back after being out for 15, 16 months with an arm injury. Corny's buddy. Yep. (laughs) Eddie Only, in a promo before this, he put, I'm bringing the best weapon to the ring ever. My good friend Jim Cornette used it all the time. So he came to the ring with a tennis racket. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would have I would have popped so hard for that. <laughs> and then since Eddie's a heel, he was talking about the the Rona and saying, Oh, I hope everyone here catches it so I don't have to wrestle in front of you fucking morons again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 talk about cheap eats. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and then you know how he like oversells stuff, as you've seen. So he was doing that. This wasn't really a death match per se, because I guess Raver isn't fully ready to go back to dealing with glass just yet, which is completely understandable after what oh, happened to him. What a pussy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Show up or don't. Jimmy Raver, who last weekend lit Jimmy Lloyd on fire at the Nick Cage Invitational. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. That's... Uh, at one point, Eddie only hid inside... Uh, he locked himself inside like a giant fish aquarium that was outside. Just an oh. empty one. He's like, you can't get me in here, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. So G. Raver threw a cinder block through it. There oh. we go. <laughs> and <laughs> G. Raver ended up winning this match, which was a pretty good match for his first official match back after injury. It's good to see him back, that he can actually move his arm and his hand again. What yeah. Happened to him. Yeah, it's good that it's, it's always nice like when a career-threatening injury actually doesn't end up being that. Yeah. Like, like as stupid as some of these stunts are that they pull in these death match tournaments, you don't ever want to actually see somebody legitimately. 
like get hurt. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. sure. yeah. you like, can all- you can see them like protecting each other and shit, but like, yeah, you're gonna get cut up, but they're still like properly protecting each other. Oh yeah, well that's what being a professional wrestler is all about. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Your first priority should be to protect your opponent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up next, we had Atticus Kogar against Neil Diamond Cutter. <laughs> right on. Bop, very bop. good, very good match. <laughs> Neil Diamond Cutter at one point kicked Neil Diamond kicked uh, Atticus Kogar in the balls and then yelled, "Oh, right in the dingling!" <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Nice. Uh, Atticus Kogar picked up the win. Which I can't remember which move beat him, but Atticus Kogar got the W. And then up next, we had the, I guess, the first main event of the night, which was Akira versus Alex Ocean. Oh, yes. This one start. it was a good, I want to say 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. just back and forth punching each other in the face, being stiff, and then just throwing each other at shit. At one point, to get cheap heat, Alex Ocean said, fuck Eddie Guerrero, and it got him cheap heat. <laughs> Holy shit, did it ever get him cheap heat. Oh. hmm But you could tell the look on his face after he said it for a split second was like, fuck, I didn't want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but. Especially this heel. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a heel, so cheap heat. Yeah. And then at the end of the match, which was interesting, um, Riley Madison, who always accompanies Casanova Valentine to the ring, came out and helped Alex Ocean beat Akira. Hmm. Oh. Okay. And made out with him after the match and shit. So I don't, maybe a Cass Alex Ocean feud soon, maybe? Maybe. Hmm. Which I would be we'll... cool. Yeah, for sure. And then remember... we had our. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And then we had our main event of the evening, which was John Wade Murdoch versus Orin Vate in a 60 minute Iron Man death match. Holy shit. Well, you definitely got your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. The first 10, 15 minutes. It was them, there was not much blood at all. It was just them having a normal wrestling match and putting each other through doors. Doors. Just like, doors. Just <laughs> throwing each door. other through doors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the first fall of the match came at 13 minutes where John Ma- John Wade Murdoch pinned or invade with a backslide. Okay. A backslide pin in a death match. What? What the hell? You <laughs> yeah. didn't get disqualified for that? <laughs> and then they proceeded after that to beat the living shit out of each other with anything they could find. Okay. So little... light tube contraptions, barbed wire shit. Just ridiculous things. And then. At one point, they were hitting each other with saw blades in the head. Oh. <laughs> just standing and, like, taking shots at each other with them. Hmm. Oh, jeez. Tough motherfuckers, <laughs> for sure. These two. Yeah. And then, with two minutes to go, do you guys know what an assault driver is? Assault driver? 
An assault yeah, driver. Like like an assault driver. Is yeah. that a wrestling move or a, or a, a contraption of some kind? <laughs> it's basically, if you think about an electric chair drop that oh. you used to do and fall backwards, but you bring them over and make them do a front flip over your head and land in like a Minchinoku dro- driver type thing. So it's like a one-winged angel, kind of? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like a one-winged angel. He did that out of the ring through a oh. pane of glass. Yeah. And then won and then got a victory. So there was it was one to one with two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then it the time limit ended. And then John Wayne Murdoch got up and was like, everybody chants sudden death. So everyone was chanting <laughs> sudden death. <laughs> okay, that's that's putting some bad karma, bad uh bad, <laughs> bad juju out there into the universe. Everyone yeah. chants sudden death. In a match like this. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then they restarted the match because they wanted a, a victory. Because before this, they both hold a victory over each other. So <laughs> they went, it went, it lasted another just under five minutes with John Wayne Murdoch doing a Canadian destroyer, or as he calls it, a deep south destroyer off one of the platforms that they have in the corner of the ring through like a glass and door contraption lit on fire. (laughs) And for the three, so John Wayne won, and then they proceeded to like boost each other, just saying how good one the other is, and I wouldn't do this with anyone else thing. Oh, and cool. then to end the night off, John Wade Murdoch called out, when the world opens up, he called out Masashi Takeda from Japan. Ooh. Okay. So, that should be good when, <laughs> that, when that finally happens. Hopefully yeah. not in two or three fucking years from now. Yeah, hopefully we get to that soon. Okay, John Wayne Murdoch? Yeah. Hey, like... That name, like obviously that's that, that that that's a gimmick name, and I'm assuming like like did he name himself after the serial killer John Wayne Gacy, you know, except Murdoch instead or something? Like holy I shit. have no idea. He would be an interesting one to have on the podcast one day though. I think so. I think so. Unless you reach out to him. Because like that's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't dress up like a clown, I'm assuming. No. <laughs> oh, no. As he said at the end of Pit Fighter on Friday night, he, he's just a guy who smokes a lot of weed and eats a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Much like John Wayne Gacy, I guess. Speaking of but, guys that we need to have on the show. Gotta take a couple minutes out and say hello and horns up to Horror Pain Gore Death Productions, a really cool record label that I work with uh, for Radioactive Metal. They send me a bunch of their bands and their promos to play on the show. We have to have Shellac on, okay, since, yes. you, since, since, since you kind of mentioned him, because uh, available December 4th, Okay, there's a really cool compilation album that's kind of inspired by Shellac. This this album is credited to Shellac. Okay, it's called Shellac's Kill 'Em All, Let Shellac Sort 'Em Out, Killer Cuts Volume 1. 
Okay, now what this is is a compilation because he's in a bunch of extreme metal and grindcore bands, right? And what what this album is is a compilation of songs from his various bands called the Paramedics, Eat the Turnbuckle, Bottomless Pit, and Crack House. And I'm sure there's a couple more here that that I don't know, okay? When you, dude, okay, remember the first time, like, we watched a shellac match? Yep. And I said, okay, he looks like he's a legit metalhead and all that. I had no idea he was in Eat the Turnbuckle. Like, I was familiar with this band, you know, before, before before all of this. You know, they've got a lot of songs that deal with with pro wrestling mm-hmm. you know, the songs like soup suplex city invader one must die which i believe that's a brody militia cover song get the get the tables card subject to carnage the fork is the law like he's like a lot of his stuff have to, has to do with pro wrestling so it all kind of this all kind of makes sense and all mm-hmm. that so so when I got this album across my desk and then Ducky, you say, oh, yeah, he was he's in Eat the Turnbuckle and Call the Paramedics. I'm like, uh, you didn't think to tell us that then? <laughs> yeah, fucker. Jesus. So, so, yeah, before we went on the air here, I was listening to to this record. And, man, some of the song titles and all that like call the paramedics has this song you know called uh tell your girlfriend's tits to stop staring at my eyes oh jesus okay, like that, <laughs> that's a great one another song called urine her ass abort oh. the mission <laughs> okay like wow wow holy shit eat eat the turnbuckle you know like like cancel, i said cancel worthy cancel worthy uh title right there <laughs> oh yeah like this is this is definitely getting into the extreme underground like the band crack house smoke crack in hell the mm-hmm. house that crack built this emergency room is gonna need a fucking emergency room he's got you know what he what he does in the ring okay is the equivalent the musical equivalent of what this fucking guy does on stage and in the studio Mm. and all that so yeah this here's here's a guy we definitely have to have him both on this show and radioactive metal on just uh, oh wow Wow, I have a feeling we would have like an amazing chat. So December fourth, yeah, yeah, kill them all. Let shellac sort them out. And the <laughs> the cover is awesome. It's 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 him with uh with a with he's holding a he's holding a flying V and he's all bloodied and all like he just went through one of Ducky's brutal death matches here and it just it's just like oh god. <laughs> This guy's awesome. So yeah, December fourth. Let's get let's get Schlack on the phone in time for that. I think. Yeah, sounds like a plan like that. <laughs> I, I, I smell a crossover. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the crossover that could rival that of the the Jetsons versus the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Radioactive and wrestling night in Canada. <laughs> That's right. Because right. there's there's there is such a strong connection between metal and and pro wrestling like there's just so many 
wrestlers that are huge metal fans. Like we've had Priscilla Kelly on on radioactive metal in the past and all that. Like just so we definitely need some more, and I think shellac would be a good start. What else? What else we got here? What else is going on? The wonderful world of pro wrestling. Was that it for the for the deathmatch stuff? Yeah, but okay. I'll just I just got to mention quick that on Thursday EC3 wrestled in a no ring match against Atticus Kogar and picked up the W. So oh. wow. I if there was ever a guy that I wouldn't think would be doing this, I I just I just don't see EC3 doing like this brutal shit. No, like the only the really spot thing he took he took the the skewers to the head and that's about it. Oh, okay, but um, so nothing too over the top. Just no. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All given right. given. The, gimmicks that he's had in uh in uh impact and and also nxt you wouldn't really like you wouldn't put him in it you wouldn't really like think that he'd be a deathmatch type of guy no what you do is you bring a guy like this in just to cut a promo and say <laughs> what's wrong with you people like this isn't wrestling what i do is wrestling yeah like, this 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 is crap these aren't real wrestlers you know like and just to just to get ev- just to get everyone going, and then you know have have one of the you know deathmatch guys come out and have a schmoz. Mm-hmm. Maybe EC3 has a couple bodyguards or something, and it just it just that's that that's what he should be doing. Right. <laughs> have have Schlack be his bodyguard. Oh God. <laughs> I don't think Schlack would be a. I don't think Schlack would take orders from anybody. No, no, I know. Now, what this does is this builds up, you know, an actual match between a uh, Shellac against EC3 at the next, at the next pay per view or or mm-hmm. what? Oh, let's see what. I should have been a Booker man. Should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a was it Brian Pillman that said that on air? Booker man. Yeah. Booker. Well, yeah, I, I I respect you, Booker man. It's like, dude, dude kayfabe, kayfabe, dude. Yeah, I bet Kevin Sullivan really loved that. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a Kevin Sullivan man. That is a turnbuckle talk. Oh yeah, it's just the yep. shit that that guy's done and all, and all yeah. that. The stuff yeah. he's been involved in. No. Oh. Jeez, yeah, the stuff down in Florida, and then the Benoit situation, and all that. It's just, yeah. Wow. So, what else have we got going on? I know, I know that the ladies are making headlines right now, starting with Zelina Vega getting released yeah. from, from the WWF. Okay, was did they give her the boot, or did she walk? Uh, well, what I, what I understand what happened was is that like recently on social media, both her and Paige had been talking about, uh, wrestlers unionization. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because and this all kind of sparked after the whole Twitch controversy that WWE wants their superstars with Twitch accounts to, uh, to, uh, surrender their income or a, a large portion of their income to the company. Mm-hmm. 
because like, well, the main reason uh, so many superstars are doing this, like, uh, like uh, Paige and Anzalina, AJ Styles, uh, Adam Cole, just to name a few, is because like, well, they're not really making any merch revenue from live events or any revenue at all from live events. Right. And uh, they're just doing this as a means of like, as a, like a means of income because like, uh, somehow, some way, the most popular wrestling company in the world isn't able is either isn't able to, I, which I doubt, or is just simply isn't paying them what enough. they should. Yeah, what what they should for like how popular they are and like, like yeah, like it it boggles my mind how they a, a company with uh, half a billion dollars in cash reserves set aside can't afford to pay their biggest names what they deserve. Like, right, right. Or at least says at least they 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 can at least say, okay, we're not we're not paying you probably what we should. So you go ahead and do whatever you can. In one way, I kind of understand. Like if the WWF is trying to create the the illusion of a character, mm-hmm. okay, and like like are they using their real names? Are they using their WWF? gimmick name like when they're doing all of this outside stuff because it it if you're not gonna be in character and you're putting yourself out in public okay you're kind of exposing the business and you know me i'm the old timer here so like i totally understand that but you know if you're not doing your due diligence to help your your uh these people that literally put their neck on the line every time they step out into that ring, mm-hmm. then you have to turn a blind eye and let them do whatever they're going to. Like this is this is just one more reason why I don't really like to support the WWF. Like, give me a reason to actually like you, Vince. Come on, give give me mm-hmm. something. I was thinking about this. Like the I, the last time I gave the WWF any money was like. 92 okay okay and the last time i went to a wwf arena show was right after wrestlemania 2 because i had to see i had to see terry funk and the british and the the british bulldogs Mm -hmm. you know and that night terry funk threatened to smash me with his branding iron it was awesome oh okay yeah Yeah, you you know it just just pissing around at ringside and i'm i'm jeering him although i'm secretly cheering for him because it's terry funk and he's he's threatening to hit me with his brand and iron and you know like 14 year old me is like oh this is great (laughs) 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 sorry sorry yeah so like give give me a reason vince come on that's it's greed that's all it really comes down to because it's like like first of all, they're not like none of these guys make uh, or have health insurance because they're not unionized, and right. like they're they're all considered to be independent contractors. Yet at the same time, WWE is claiming ownership of them and their likeness. So I, it's really a whole convoluted uh, situation. And that's yeah, another so, thing. Yeah, yeah, sorry. If the 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 whole um, what you were what you were saying, okay. If they're not actual employees, then mm-hmm. they then they should have the right to do whatever the hell they want. Exactly. They're like like I said before, though, they're not they're not using uh, their 
their uh, gimmick names as far as I know. Like I'm pretty sure Paige is using her real name. AJ Styles is going by Alan Jones, which is his real name. Right. Uh, Adam, well, Adam Cole's real name is Adam Cole, so that's kind of hard for him to get around. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I, I don't know. Like Co- Cody Rhodes just recently got his the Rhodes name, although like yeah. his last name is Reynolds, but still. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Vince never. Oh God, we just Adam broke Cole. everyone who doesn't know that's hearts. And his actual <laughs> last name is in Rhodes. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Ah, kayfabe, Snowy. Kayfabe. Well, on. if you didn't know that already, then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Ah. You, WWF, you guys can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's one or the other. I want to know who these people are who have their cake and aren't eating it in the first place. <laughs> I never understood that expression. <laughs> yeah, really, eh? Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like the first, I remember using that expression yeah. to a younger person, and they looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, yeah. Uh. But yeah, yeah, back, back on topic here. We, uh, yeah, so. The two main, like the the two main people who were very vocal about it on social media about unionizing wrestlers were Zelina Vega and and Paige, and um, so they they both didn't uh, shut down their Twitch accounts, uh, as far as I know. Uh, AJ Styles has uh, temporarily, mm-hmm. and uh, well, he's a company man, so I expect I sort of expected him to, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but. Uh, uh, like I guess uh, only certain companies were listed in the the letter to the <laughs> to the uh, WWE superstars about uh, third party uh, third party income, and one of those that wasn't on there was OnlyFans. And Zelina Vega had started an OnlyFans, not for nudes, mind you. Uh, it was just okay. so for people to uh, purchase custom photo sets of her doing uh, like uh, cosplay. It's a virtual gimmick table. I get it. Yes, essentially, but the like her prices were uh, pretty high. Like one photo was like five hundred dollars, I think. Oh well. Okay, well that, that, that goes not... into the to the cost of the costumes. But... Uh, okay, people pay that, no problem. You have to be a pretty well, like for five hundred bucks. Okay, you said it's not nudes. Not like, nudes, but it's, it's custom, one of a kind photos, and like, I think which I get, I which I get. But I'm sorry to be that guy, but for five hundred bucks, uh, I'm looking for a little something, something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I get what you mean, but it's like I think it's like ten photos was like a thousand dollars or something. But oh, okay, something I would never personally. Yeah, uh, like I <laughs> I can't imagine who I would pay five hundred bucks for one photo. Of of any of hey, any form of entertainment, more power to her if she's able to make something off of it. Like, yeah, you you go, girl. Yeah, but uh, yeah, after she had started her OnlyFans account, I guess yeah, which was about six days ago, I believe that they announced it, and uh, yeah, shortly thereafter, she was released from her WWE contract, and fifteen minutes or ten minutes before they announced. Before WWE announced that they had released her, she put out a tweet stating that she supports unionization and wrestling. Unionization, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that, that obviously sparked the rumor mill that that tweet got her released, but in fact it was uh, 
as far as I know, her OnlyFans and her refusal to close her Twitch account. So, well, good on her. She's now one of my favorite wrestlers. Just yeah, <laughs> just, just just because of this. Yeah, not not like I, I hope. Like I, I wish her. I wish her the best. She's she's an unreal uh, uh, mic. Like her work, sorry, her mic work is unreal. Like her managing uh, Andrade and uh, Angel Garza this past year, or and and beyond that in NXT was was amazing. And she can wrestle too, which is awesome. Like she's married to Aleister Black, so I'm sure I'm pretty sure they practice with each other. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> with each other. But uh, yeah, like uh, not only do I hope that she's like prospering off of her Twitch account and uh, and her OnlyFans going forward, but I hope she's able to find after the 90 day no compete clause expires that she's able to find work with uh, either Ring of Honor, Impact, or AEW. Someone is going to pick her up. Who would who who would you guys like to see her go with? Oh, that's tough to say at the moment. But it's like I would say AEW just because they're the they're the, the second biggest company. But like as I've stated before, their women's division is already convoluted as it is and doesn't really it's not really all that well booked mm-hmm. essentially they have two women's divisions right now in AEW. right right you know what i there's not really much going on in the way of uh of the ladies in ring of honor so i really think uh she might be a good fit in impact because in, in, impact is doing a lot with uh with with, with the ladies they have this 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 tournament, a uh, ladies tag team title tournament is just nope. around the corner. It'll it'll already be started by the time we go. This episode goes on the air, but I'm actually kind of excited, right, for it. You know, like to see the actual tournament itself. But mm-hmm. it goes back to what I'm what what we were saying before about there being too many titles and all that. Do you think Impact can sustain? A knockouts tag team tournament? Oh, uh, they already had a knockouts tag team title, didn't they? Uh, yeah, but a lot's changed, you know, yeah. in a while. <laughs> you, know, you know, in the last couple of years, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. And I'm going to be tuning in because, well, my girl Rosemary is right in the middle of it. Okay, yeah, all I remember from the original knockouts tag titles is that at one point... ODB and uh, Eric Young were the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Right. <laughs> yep. Weren't they the last Knockouts Tag Team Champions? Yeah, I think so. Like, back when I actually used to watch TNA regularly, that's like the last thing I remember about it. Was that, it's like, oh, okay, they're treating these titles like a joke. Like, because I think mm-hmm. Vince was the booker at the time. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I got the Impact knockouts tag tournament i've 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 got the brackets here okay. right now and it's it's actually uh like there's a lot of like makeshift teams including the new ladies champion diana Peraza, just recently won the title at turning point last night as we speak her her and kimberly are gonna get the mat wiped by rosemary and taya in the first round sorry i'm just gonna be a fan there yeah. But it it just goes to show. Okay, if should you be having this? If you have to put your women, if if you have to put your singles champion into this tournament, should, yeah, should you be doing it then? Yeah, that really says like that's kind of spreading everything a little bit thin mm-hmm. when you have to put your when you don't have a, a big enough <laughs> division to even like 
have a tournament with actual tag teams. Right, yeah. right, right. And I see Killer Kelly, who just left NXT UK. Mm-hmm. She's uh, teaming. She's going to be in it with Renee Michelle against Jordan Grace. But I got to admit, I, I love Jordan Grace. I'm enjoying watching her work. All that. She should yep. be a big star. Agreed. As well. Yeah, yeah. And I love what they're doing with Tennille Dashwood as well. That 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 character... Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. I and I don't know how. You know the uh, like the WWF. They were they were like okay. It's it's kind of what they wanted her to do, and they were like, well, she's really not you know pulling this character off very well. I see her on Impact, and I see her you know with the personal photographer and all that. And I'm like, um, looks like she's doing a damn good job of it. <laughs> Wasn't she the one who said that she couldn't do the? Like when they were trying to make her into Emelina. Yeah, this is 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 that not like the same kind of character that she's doing now? Yeah, but like um, if I remember correctly, uh, it was Emma or, or Tennille Dashwood herself who said that she wasn't really into the character, so they just kind of scrapped it when like the the very same day they debuted it. Oh uh, yeah, it certainly didn't last long, but she seems to be pulling it off now, at least in my eyes. Well, good for her, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, she didn't. She wasn't comfortable playing the Emelina role because that was essentially like WWE were bringing back like it, it had shades of like Sable and like the the original Divas concept and wasn't really like going with the women's revolution thing that they were really pushing. Okay, well, she's in the ring, and you know she's she's a hell of a worker, got a great work rate, and she's pulling the character off here, so. Right on, right on. I'm looking right. forward to this tournament. I'm gonna have to start commandeering the TV Tuesdays <laughs> again because generally I gotta wait until the following night, a couple hours after watching AEW, where I can catch the the Impact replay and all that. But no, I think I think Tuesdays I'm commandeering everything. Okay. Um, Ducky, you told us uh, you spoke about a Lindsay Snow. Yeah, a couple episodes ago during the it, it was one of your death match p- pay-per-views where they had a women's tournament. No, that was the that was the shoot fight one. Right. OK, yeah. right. Yeah. Which which one was that again? It was, uh, Bloodsport. It, Bloodsport. Yeah, it was. Um, what's his name? Josh, Josh. Barnett. Josh, yeah, yeah, it was. It, that's what he was putting on. And you said that Lindsay Snow had had won it, beating yeah. Allison K in the finals. Yeah. Once again, this will be. This will already have happened after this show goes to air. But um, this upcoming Tuesday on Dark, I'm actually more excited now for Dark. Then I am dynamite because Thunder Rosa is going to be taking on this Lindsay Snow, and you've got me thinking. Okay, I really want to. I want to see what this one's all about, and I love Thunder Rosa as well. So it's like this is this has got my attention. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll definitely be watching it for sure. Like, I like. <laughs> or are you a regular list viewer of Dark? Uh, I watch it when I like when I can. Like, I'm not. Uh, like I, I don't think it's really doesn't really play up uh, the storylines as much as uh, Dynamite does, but it's more so like just as many matches as they can fit into an hour and a half. Where 
to try and showcase more un, un, underused talent, right, we should say. <laughs> we have right. 12 matches tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's look like they're this this Tuesday there's going to be like 13 AEW dark matches. Well, yeah. they do have like 80 signed people, so I mean, mm-hmm. they got to do something. Wow. Yeah, sure, but I don't know if like jam packing as many matches into an hour and a half is really the right way to go. Like maybe do like some one week and some people the other week. Like yeah. I, I I did like AEW dark a lot more when it was just 1 hour and they had like four or five matches. Right, because it didn't meant something, but you no, know, I'll, I'll I'll tune in to see to to watch this match more specifically because yeah, I do want to see these two these two go at it and see what they can pull off. So, uh, why not? Yeah, uh, and also like um, it, it looks like the the NWA uh, women's title feud between Serena Deeb and uh, Thunder Rose is going to continue on Dynamite uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you nervous for NWA right now? Because I like, like I know, like they're they're not doing anything, and it's 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 a TV program, and it it just makes me wonder why why Billy Pumpkins like kind of put everything. Okay, now I understand they're doing everything with um with that other network and all that, having the weekly pay per views and all that, which gives which gives Pumpkins his guys a a payday and all that, but I'm just thinking why it's power is a studio program. It's a throwback to the old days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you not still do that, but without an audience, like every other show is doing it and it's just in a studio. Like how much can a viewing audience in the building really make a, a, a pro or con you know, for a program like Power, I, do, I don't understand why it's not, well, you know. Being that the crowd was already as small as it was in that studio, like part part of the charm of Power was how inter- interactive uh, the wrestlers were with the audience. And how you could you could hear just that, like you could hear that one guy just yell out something and everybody just laugh at it. That was like, <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of that show anyway. Oh, I get like, that for sure. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that was the same thing with ECW as well. Like like this the smaller intimate crowd that becomes part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I, I I don't know if how it would come across though because like like as small as a crowd as it was, they were reacting to like everything, and that was like like I said part part of the charm of the show, being like yeah the the whole thing being a studio small crowd the the Crockett style uh, interviews <laughs> where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people would come out and like, yeah, the the one guy, the one guy interviewing it, oh, like, and 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 no music too. That was another big thing. Oh yes, nobody yes, had yes. like or entrance of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. every entrance was just was just the announcer just saying their names and the crowd reacting. Except for pay per views, pay per views they always had music and they would come through the crowd. From what I saw, right? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of something that I was thinking about. But yeah, you're right on a lot of cases. But I really think, ah, I don't know why NW like powers put on hold. But then again, what do you got? What What are you going to pay these guys with? As, as yeah. well, you know, like it was probably the ticket sales to that sparse crowd that you were paying the guys for. Like a a YouTube program probably isn't paying, you know the the bills enough. Well, I 
you could also argue like there are they are just one state over from uh from aew so like i don't see why they can't just like do nwa power but at, at daily's place because it's still a small crowd but and they i don't see any reason why they couldn't like build this like dummy stage setup that has the similar look to the old uh the crockett promotions uh interview area specifically right. show so if they're already like uh kind of using their women's division i don't see why they couldn't just make an entirely different show out of it that's a good that you know what that is bang on that's a good point dude okay tony like you're such a big mark you're such a big wrestling fan <laughs> and all that why don't you dedicate a little bit of your space your your fucking billion dollar stadium and all that and and help out you know, you know probably an organization that probably inspired you you know to start AEW like i imagine tony khan you know was an nwa fan mm-hmm. you know for sure, back for sure. Then. that's a good point dude like, right on it would, it, it, like it wouldn't have the same feeling as being in the small uh tv studio as we were as we were getting used to but no, at least but it, it would, would be, do. Yeah, you would, you would you would be able to like continue your storylines and have have feuds and even like maybe do like little pay per views every now and again. Like, they, mm-hmm. did they even start? Did, were they even able to start up the Crockett Cup tournament uh, that they announced before the pandemic? No, no, not yet, not yet. But I I don't know what's going on on this weekly pay per view on Fight TV or whatever. Like I know. I think I think the NWA World Titles. And now I'm just going off the top of my head. I think there was a title change. The tag team titles changed. I think all this has defended the World Title and all that. See, I'm I'm not cruising the internet for results and all that as much as I should, considering yeah. we do this show. Yeah. I should be a little more diligent <laughs> in little, that yeah. close to the ground, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I I see no reason why this can't be a thing. Like Atlanta's not that far from Jacksonville and if you already have all your talent there. Why oh, like sure. and, and like th- like when when the NWA women's title started to get defended on AEW television, like I thought to myself, is this going to lead to a uh NWA invasion of some kind going going forward because I was like half expecting Nick Aldis to come out and attack Cody Rhodes uh on full gear. Right. <laughs> it, it, okay. but i i wouldn't like those two have a have a history and since since cody can't contend for the for his world title maybe oh him, right maybe him and all this could have uh, run the nwa yeah a third match for the nwa world title okay uh, okay we wouldn't be that expensive as bookers you wouldn't really have to pay us that much okay i'm now, just I'm just putting it out there to the wrestling world, whoever might be listening. <clears throat> okay, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Because already, like, just we've we've put our Booker chops out there already this episode, and I think we're doing a damn good job. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on how much revenue our ideas bring in, is how much I would love to. <laughs> yeah, know your worth, and then ask, and then add tax that's on top. Right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that's. Definitely something I'd like to see would be an NWA versus AEW feud, I suppose. Right. right. I, think, I think it would, I think it would uh, boost ratings a little bit. It's it, the name it, NWA. Uh, I think even so. If I th- did, even if they just did a pay-per-view NWA versus AEW. Yeah. I, 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 
so, sorry, yeah, I, I think what would help is because right now, okay, this is going to sound weird, but the only people watching wrestling right now are wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Okay? And which that might not make sense, but it kind of does. Like there is no one, there is no, like, like, like at one time, okay, during the territory days, like everyone was a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, once the WWF went national and started to bring in this sports entertainment, a lot of <laughs> wrestling fans like myself said, well, fuck this. I'm they, I'm tapping. That's why a lot of the territories disappeared. But yeah, because they, they, they were trying to appeal to a more mainstream audience. Right, right. Yeah, right. working now, with celebrities. There is probably a whole market a whole brand new untapped market of guys like myself while I remained a fan, you know, and kept, kept going following, you know, and a fan all the years. There's probably a lot of old NWA fans myself that did tap out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you bring back the NWA brand to national television, okay. You're going to start getting those a lot of that audience back. Hopefully a lot of them haven't literally died. <laughs> you, know, you know, hopefully they would like you, you'd be opening up a whole new demograph from 50 to 60 year olds. Yeah. The 50 plus. demographic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it would definitely be there. And I really think, you know, yeah, like they, people my age want to see, you know, the NWA back and strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Something to think about. No, it's it's like it kind of has the potential to be like, like I'm similar to when like ECW and WWF are working together in the '90s. Not, I'm not saying NWA is anything like ECW. Far from it. If anything, they're opposites. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but yeah, like when uh, ECW had that working uh, relationship with the WWF, when like uh, Paul Heyman would show up with some guys and on Raw. And there are, or how Jerry the King Lawler would show up on ECW and just completely bash the product. Like mm-hmm. seeing something like that, I think would be cool. Like, like I said, like having having Nick Aldis come in and attack Cody Rhodes, and those two can build like a blood feud because they work so well together. And there are two oh. matches that they've already had for the world title, or the as Nick Aldis calls it, the real world's championship. Mm-hmm. Sweet Charlotte, the 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 matches that they already had for that at uh, at All In and. Uh, I forget where the, the second one took place. It was on an NWA show, though. I'm right, sure. right. So that, I think I think that whole event that 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 whole event is on YouTube. Which one? Oh, the the NWA event. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, well, that's where I watched it from. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't seen All In either, I I would definitely give that a go. That's the the predecessor to AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a combined show of like. It was like Ring of Honor Impact in New Japan, putting on like a super show. And it was just, oh, it was so good. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, like I, I would love to see this happen as a wrestling fan because I don't know, something about like cross promotion stuff just kind of like gets me all giddy. Like even <laughs> it does. It does. Even last, even last year. Uh, at Survivor Series, even though NXT is a WWE product, seeing all those NXT guys show up on Raw and SmackDown to invade around Survivor Series, this, or it was, yeah, I guess it was about a year ago now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing all the NXT guys show up on Survivors or on uh, Raw and SmackDown was actually fucking awesome. Like I, I thought it was cool, and like seeing the fact that NXT even won the Survivor Series last year, and like, <laughs> like and seeing this here. Well, that's I'm sure that's for pandemic reasons because yep. yeah, it's I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it came back next year. But anyway, like seeing guys like like Tommaso Ciampa in the ring with uh, Roman Reigns was fucking awesome. Yeah, and how do you not cheer for Ciampa? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, like or when it when it when it just came down to uh, Roman Reigns and Keith Lee, and the th- crowd was going absolutely insane, and how Keith Lee came so close to actually winning, like. Stuff like that is what makes me makes me love watching pro wrestling. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was getting giddy when you mentioned the ECW stuff on the WWF. That's the stuff that really. That's when the WWF was most interesting to me. Was that time period when Tate with Heyman bringing the ECW guys in? Because we never had ecw on tv at the point all i saw was just in the magazines and all that so like i knew these guys never actually saw them the internet wasn't as huge as it was and all that yeah it was in its infancy at the time i'm pretty sure right right so and it's like oh my god these are those that ecw i've only been reading about in the magazine (laughs) said all that that's that's the stuff that i mark out over yeah well even like even though it didn't pan out the way it should have like even the WCW invasion of WWF in 2001 was, was, right. was cool. a certain aspect, like seeing all these like lower card guys that I knew when I was watching uh, Nitro and Thunder. I was just like, holy shit, it's Chuck Palumbo and Mark Jindrak. I know who that is. <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> and like all yeah. the, the Palumbo was the, a hell of a worker, too. No, he was. But uh, yeah, like it, it's just a shame that they didn't like hold off for like another year or something. And they actually could have brought in like mm-hmm. uh, Hogan, Hogan Hall, Nash, uh, Goldberg sting. Right. Where uh, all those guys as a part of it, as opposed to just like afterwards. And it's just like, Oh, okay, well now I don't really give a shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely dropped the ball that we should make that a future turnbuckle talk, how yeah. we would have booked the WCW in, in angle invasion angle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely wouldn't have had a, Definitely, I can say this right now. I definitely would not have it be a McMahon versus McMahon thing that it ended up. God, being. oh, God, yes, because uh, how 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 do you believe that? How do you buy that? You you can't. You know, no, it would have been, been so much better if they had to do the WCW ECW alliance. Just have it be Paul Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Like, how hard is that? Yeah, like that's. <laughs> There's your yeah, but yeah, but you know he's 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 got to get his kids in there and yeah, yeah. exactly. But whatever, yeah, we'll save we'll save the meat and potatoes. We'll, 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 we'll save the details for another yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. So do, yeah, do we have anything uh, else out and about in the wide world of professional wrestling before we get into our turnbuckle talk here? For current events, I think that's all I I have. What about you, dude? Yeah, uh, that's about it. Also, at the Impact pay per view last night, uh, the Good Brothers won the tag team title. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that was a matter of time. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at some point, you know, they were going to win it, mm-hmm. and all that. And there's no reason why not. 
For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 I'm hope, hope, hopefully, uh, this, that turning point will make itself available some point soon. Um, I've always loved Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I really think like, I remember, the way the four of us at the time when they released them, when the WWF released them, like I, I recall us going ballistic over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the and hell is wrong with Styles found out on Twitch. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm blaming yeah. Oh. I wish Styles wasn't such a pussy. Okay. I wish <laughs> he was, you know, like I, I, for, for a wrestling fan, I love Styles. I always have. You know, the, the the guy's an amazing character, amazing work rate, and yeah. all that. But like you said, he's too much of a company man. Yeah, and like some of his other beliefs, like uh, uh, he, he, oh. he votes Republican. And yeah, he's he's, he's uh, a Trump, as as Cornette says, he's a Trump fuck. Uh-huh. And he's, uh, he's a flat earther, and he's big on the Jesus and all that, which, okay, religious, whatever. It's it's fine. Yeah. And, all that but uh, like everything else it just i i want i want a cool i want a cool aj styles yeah and don't we're, we we're not we're not we're not, we're not getting we're not getting a cool aj styles not, but then again this is another turnbuckle talk that we should probably say for speaking of which if we don't have anything further and all that how are you over there ducky i don't like it when ducky gets too quiet yeah, I always think he's I never know what's <laughs> no, going I'm through here. his head. <laughs> yeah. And not just on the show, just in life in general. When he <laughs> when he gets too quiet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's because normally we're working at the park theater and I'm in like work mode and I'm like, does this need moving? Does that need moving? Where the fuck do I have to be? But now I'm just laying here like, what the fuck is life right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, though, I think uh, I think this episode you've talked more than you ever have on any other episode. Well, probably. <laughs> we're going to get even more talkative because um, you guys are going to have to carry this episode's um, turnbuckle talk because while like I'm no slouch when it comes to Eddie Guerrero. I think this just might be your more geared towards you two. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, like I said, I'm going to kind of ride on your coattails throughout this conversation. On tonight's Turnbuckle Talk, where we're going to talk about the amazing Eddie Guerrero, who mm-hmm. just a couple days ago, as we speak, 15 years ago, Numero uno, guys, does it seem that long? No. <laughs> no, no, not at all, because it, like it's still kind of it's it's still kind of fresh. <laughs> and you guys were a lot, you know, especially Ducky, you were you were what 12, 15 yourself when Hang he on, passed I, away? Hang on, I gotta do math. Oh, I don't yeah. mean to make you do math on the weekend, 12. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you I were just a kid. God damn it! I guess Matt, you were about twenty or so. I was, yeah, I was nineteen when he passed. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like thirty-five. No, you're so, so you're, yeah, you're my age now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thirty-four so. right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be thirty-five soon enough. 
Right on, right on. So, yeah, like this was when he passed. Mm-hmm. It was because, you know, we weren't following his lifestyle and everything. It was all kind of like it was was a kind of a surprise. Absolutely. Like, you guys. Yeah, it was because he like in around like 2001, 2002, he uh like he he wasn't there during the whole WCW invasion angle because he had been released. Like he he had come into the company when WCW was still a thing, along with uh, uh, Malenko, Benoit, and uh, Perry Saturn. But uh, the radicals, the radicals. Yep, I remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was another mark out moment for <laughs> young. Yeah. Before uh, they made Saturn have a love angle with a mop. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ben Benoit and Guerrero definitely got the the better side of the coin than oh, Malenko and Saturn in that. Definitely. Yeah. But uh yeah, so he came to the company and he was he floated around the mid card for a while, but he like was he was actually able to show more of his character side that he wasn't able to in WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately he did have some underlying demons and he struggled with alcohol and uh pill addiction. And uh yeah, he got he showed up to an episode of Raw in less than favorable favorable condition, and uh, he got a DUI uh, when he was uh, pulled over uh, more than more than a few times. And uh, yeah, he was released from his contract, but he actually ended up turning his entire life around in uh, less than a year. I think mm-hmm. he got clean and sober, and uh, he found Jesus. But uh, that's not. <laughs> Uh, after going through all that, if that helps you, then yeah. do it. Then do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By yeah. all means. Yeah, it's not not something I would personally get into, but whatever. It's it is what it is. If it helps, if it helps him be a better person than it did, then yeah, more power to him. But yeah, then he came back on an episode of uh, Raw in 2002, and I think this was right around the uh, right around the time before the WWF became the WWE. Because he he entered a feud with uh, Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Title right off the hop. Mm-hmm. He, he looked like he was in better shape than he had ever been in. He still had his trademark mullet though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he he his feud with Rob Van Dam was absolutely outstanding because like both of those guys could go and they had a ladder match for the Intercontinental Title on an episode of Raw in 2002. I think it was actually September 11th. Now that I think about it. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, well, not no. It was a year after the World Trade Center shit, but uh, yeah, the yeah that match for for a TV match for for a title that was actually like damn decent, and one of his best matches that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot now nowadays, uh, in my opinion. But uh, fun fact though, technically speaking, Eddie Guerrero was the last ever WWF champion or WWF intercontinental champion and the first ever WWE intercontinental. Champion. Ah, see, I didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Yeah, as he was, day. yeah, he was IC champion when the company, uh, transitioned its name. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's another accolade that you can add to his, uh, or many accolades for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, like, uh, like I said, he floated around the mid card for a while and then, Eventually, he lost the Intercontinental title, and then he uh, he went to SmackDown, where he, they eventually actually gave him the proper push that he had deserved uh, for all those years, and they actually threw him into the or 
he he did start off in the mid card when he got traded to SmackDown, and he uh, he he won the U.S. title, and they tried to like they tried to continue his heel role, but everybody just loved him so much that it didn't stick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. he got over on his own. Flexing to Jerry on the roof of his limo. Yeah, or is his uh, his lowrider? His lowrider, yeah, yeah. Wrong, yeah. wrong car. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> But no, he did have like a couple of angles with like uh, where he was the heel and like Chris Benoit was the face, and he actually like sprayed uh, car wax into Chris Benoit's eyes. I remember that when wow. they, when, yeah, they feuded over the United States Championship, and uh, uh, they they just like kind of quietly turned him heel. And uh, I remember on one episode of SmackDown, he faced uh, a then heel John Cena, which is such a weird thing to say. Wow! Yeah. yeah, his feud with Cena was really good too. Yeah, in a parking lot brawl they had on SmackDown, which ended with uh, with Guerrero frog splashing Cena onto the <laughs> onto the hood of a of a car. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, shortly thereafter he he had lost the United States Championship, and then they actually finally finally propelled him into the world title picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Like, I didn't think he was going to do it, personally, because I, I thought, like, this is just a tease from Vince McMahon. He's not actually going to pull the trigger. He's just going to be spiteful and be like, I tell you what you love. <laughs> Nothing. Mm. Like, good old Vince. <laughs> <laughs> good old Vince. Considering that he was going up against Brock Lesnar, I think that my theory there was a little more than justified. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, that, if that happened, like, two years ago, Brock would have won immediately. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, it would have been a squash match. Yeah, like, yeah, it would it would have been exactly like what Ricochet's match with uh, Brock Lesnar last year for the title oh, was. Yeah, that would have been a tr- just an atro- an atrocity like that. Mm-hmm. Would just wow, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. That's a good analogy. Yeah, fortunately for uh, everyone watching, uh, yeah, Eddie Guerrero was actually able to pull it off, and at No Way Out uh, 2004, actually pinned Brock Lesnar. With a frog splash and became the WWE champion. And yeah, you know, the, the pop from the crowd. Oh my God. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. I didn't watch it live, but I was able, like, fortunately, through through the network and through other means, like on YouTube, I was able to actually watch it. And yeah, that was, it was an incredible moment. And like seeing how emotional he got backstage after he had won it. And yeah, you could tell this was just like a, like something that you're um, you're glad it happened when it happened because if it if they had held off for any longer, who knows if it would have. It was a perfect storm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was, it was and, definitely his time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even like the month after that, to go to walk into WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden as the WWE champion is like a it's just like a combination of things that Eddie Guerrero fans never would have even thought possible. Oh, oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like and, yeah. To, and to be facing Kurt Angle of all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, and he successfully defended at at twenty against Angle, right? He did, yeah. And then later in the nights, uh, his best friend Chris Benoit had won the World Heavyweight Championship, and they celebrated in the ring together with all the confetti and the balloons coming down. They were all right. dead. <laughs> like looking looking back at that now, it's so surreal. But like mm-hmm. at the time. Like, yeah, at the time it was like such a, uh, I don't know. It was it was an emotional moment for both guys. 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And you're you're absolutely right because they're both gone and we know the Benoit thing and like, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. Well, well, like, yeah. I think like yeah, 3 years from that moment that neither of them would even be here. I'm like one for more nefarious means than the other, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh yeah, it's it's just one of those moments that you're glad it happened when it happened. Right, right. Like at the, time, at the time, you were glad, like on the blue brand, Eddie was getting his his uh, just desserts, getting a world title run, and you're on the other side of the coin on the red brand. You were happy that Benoit not only won the royal or the Royal Rumble, but won the big one, the big gold belt at at Mania too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because like you said, this was before all the shit went down. Mm-hmm. And how, how how did you not how how could you not cheer for Benoit? You know, yeah. how, do you, how do you not cheer for Guerrero at that moment? Like, yeah, wow. that was definitely a moment of fan service, if anything. Like, WWE rarely pulls those moments out, but when they do, it's like you appreciate them a lot more. Definitely. 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 Do you guys remember how you first, like, how Eddie Guerrero first came to your attention? Yes. Uh, uh, you. Sorry? WCW. Yeah. During the uh, yeah yeah because one of the things that separated and Bischoff still to this day goes off on his podcast about one of the things that definitely separated WCW from the WWF was the uh, emphasis on on the cruiserweights bringing mm-hmm. in the luchadors and all that and it really it 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 caught on. Yeah, absolutely. Like the unfortunate thing was though is that like they were never going to break that glass ceiling in WCW. No, like, no, they were there to jerk the curtain and get everyone pumped for the main event. Exactly. And like but the matches that those like they they, they were they were only allotted like 10 <clears throat> excuse me. They were only allotted like uh, 10 minutes of a mm-hmm. 3-hour episode of Nitro <laughs> or mm-hmm. or 2 hour yeah depending on what they what it was at the time but like some of his matches against like the likes of like Rey Mysterio or Psychosis or even Chris Benoit on on Nitro they they only had t- like less than 10 minutes but they fucking used them to their advantage like oh definitely definitely that was that was always one of the things i looked forward to with Nitro because uh, like the the war was on between Raw and Nitro, but not up here, because no. TS, TSN was covering them both, was airing them both on different nights. Yes. And all yeah. that, yeah, like on, on Monday and then on, on Tuesday. So we we got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. We didn't have with that. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And that's, that's probably the first time that I actually saw Guerrero as well, but like he's he's from the famous Guerrero family, right? Okay, and I knew of Eddie Guerrero through the wrestling magazines, the after mags, the you know because I and I wish I still had my collection of wrestling magazines from like the the mid eighties all the way up, you know, to the two thousands and all that. And I just I'm not going to get into why I don't have them and all that because I'll start crying. Mm-hmm. And all that, but that's how I first discovered 
you know, not not just Eddie, but like the whole Guerrero family. He was this. He's the nephew of Chavo Guerrero Sr. and I believe mm-hmm. the son of Gory Guerrero. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My first exposure to the Guerrero family, like to see them actually on TV, was the 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 one and only. AWA um, pay-per-view Super Clash 3 with that famous Jerry Lawler uh, Kerry Von Erich title versus title match, AWA versus World Class and all that. That was my first exposure to the Guerreros and all that. But just knowing of them and reading about them in the wrestling magazines, that's probably where I first discovered Eddie, you know, working Mexico working ECW, but the first time to actually see Eddie was probably, yeah, if memory serves me going off the top of my head, I believe it was Nitro. Okay. Well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's where I first yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> it was on WCW Nitro, and uh, mm-hmm. he wasn't like, like I said before, he wasn't really able to uh, show more of his character side. Uh, that really came out when he made the jump over to uh, to New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> Throw throwback to last throwback episode. To the last right episode. on. <laughs> but right. Uh, right on. Yeah. When yeah, but uh, when he was in WC, when he was in WCW, yeah, I do remember him putting on like amazing matches with uh, the likes of Rey Mysterio, especially. Oh yeah. And Starcade '97 comes to mind, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, yeah, remind me of that. Sorry, remind oh, me of Starcade '97. It was uh, Guerrero versus uh, Rey Mysterio in a mask versus title match uh, for the cruiserweight title. Mm. They blew the roof off the place. This, that's where uh, Rey Mysterio had his uh, his all purple uh, attire, uh, where he was. Uh, I think he was the Phantom. Oh, okay. That was supposed to be who he was, I believe. And, and yeah, the the actual match itself was just like it was a technical masterpiece, as you would expect. Like both guys are physically in their prime, and they're just they're trying to prove themselves in a place where, like I said, they weren't going to break through that glass ceiling because the cruiserweight division, as good as it was, was being held down by the likes of of guys like uh, Hulk Hogan, yeah, and, Hogan, Nash, Bischoff, Hall, all the usual suspects, yeah, Savage. Uh, mm. All, all the bigger name guys that all had creative control clauses in their contracts, which is a horrible idea. Oh, God. That doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was title versus mask, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was. Because uh, yeah, I'm great. seeing here, because I'm seeing they had it at Halloween Havoc. Oh, they did? Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> which, which I just, taking the mask off of, Mysterio is just okay. Yeah, you saw he's a good-looking young man. He's kind of literally got the baby face and all that. Okay, I kind of get it, but as a wrestling fan, I'm like, no, 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 no. You, I know the luchador. I get it, and I don't want him without his mask on. I just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, but okay, okay, it was, was, was. So we were all kind of Guerrero with Nitro, um. I don't imagine any of us have met him, like at signings and all of that. Unfortunately, no, no, no. it's definitely. I it would have been something to remember for sure, you know, especially everything that that kind of went on. But do what you a, guys some more Eddie Guerrero stuff for you? I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but do you remember? Eddie Guerrero being in IWA Mid South. 
No. No, no. Okay, see, this is your area for sure. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is around the time when Snowy tells us, oh, here's your homework. Go watch this and that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. My so Snowy's, Snowy's got some homework. Okay. <laughs> okay. From 2002, right before he came back, it was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio versus CM Punk. Holy shit. In IWA Mid-South. Yeah. Okay, I'm writing this down. Okay. It's on the IWA Mid-South Wrestling YouTube channel. Okay. Yes, uh, to correct myself earlier, yeah, you were right. The uh, the Guerrero versus uh, Mysterio match was at Halloween Havoc. The Starcade match that I was talking about was against uh, Dean Malenko, and that was also... A technical masterpiece. Yeah, I was gonna say that's no slouch either. Like, yeah, I will. I will do that right now. I will send that match to the chat. Okay. Right on. And then after this episode, there's your homework, Ooh. Snowy. Oh, there it is. There it is. I <laughs> see it now. You you probably heard the ding on my computer. <laughs> right, on. Uh, yeah. right on. Thank you. Yeah, but sorry, sorry for the little mix up there. But yeah, well, both his matches. With uh, with Rey Mysterio and uh, Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title in 1997 were both clinics, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just got <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we kind of mentioned the radicals and all yeah. that, the way the four also, of them jumped mm-hmm. and all that, and that that was that was a game changer as well. That, like that was a re- that was a real coup for the WWF. Take taking those guys, those four, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because you you kind of knew that, uh, yeah, they had regular work with WCW, but some of these guys, the WWF was actually much like with with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Bischoff didn't have the inclination or the foresight to make this guy a star. They let Jericho go. He goes to Vince. Vince puts him through the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, same funny- idea. Yeah, and the funny thing about that, though, is that, like, well, Guerrero, I believe, had walked out on WCW on live television. Okay. Had his suitcase, cut a prom- cut a shoe promo, and just walked out the door. But also, Chris Benoit was the world heavyweight champion when he left. Well, was- yeah, they. I think they put the title on him in order to appease him. Well, yeah, he's, 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 yeah he's going to mark out for the belt, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's still drunk ship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's not the first time that's happened. That that in itself, like pe- people that have given up title belts and walked out of federations, you know, that that in itself is a turnbuckle talk. I'm writing that down. Okay. Right right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. When those guys did jump ship over to uh WWF, yeah, Eddie Guerrero got to show a little more of his uh, character side, and that's when Latino Heat was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which that, okay, the Latino Heat is great. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's got the heat in there, and he's you know he's doing his thing. But one of the things that I absolutely hated, okay, was the lie cheat steal oh yeah okay as a good guy and the whole thing just makes me go okay why why vince well if he's mexican okay and that's his word not mine 
if he's he's Mexican, well, he's he's got to be this, he's got to be that. Like I yeah. hated that. I, it's like okay, you're stereotyping Spanish people. Mm-hmm. But okay. the that being said, though the yeah the, the the crowd did eat it up. Oh, they did. It it was it was over huge, but. Oh, that that always left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I guess that's, you know, like you definitely couldn't do that today. No, no, I don't believe you. Well, yeah, it's it's Vince has done that several times in in the past with uh, like I believe there was a tag team called the Mexicools and they came out on to the ring. <sighs> oh, with, uh, oh God, on the, on, on the John Deere track. Yeah, it was like both the super crazy and oh shit, Hooventude, right? Um, what's his name? And Hoovy, Hooventude, Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which that's one of wrestling's tragedies. He should have been, you know, he should have been a huge star as well. But, or or even uh, Chavo Guerrero's short-lived gimmick when he when he dyed his hair blonde and became Kerwin White. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just actually watched uh, his old interview with Chris Van Vliet the other day, and Chris asked him, how far was this going to go? And Chavo was like, oh, I wanted to come out in a white sheet to see the reaction of people. Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, it could have went that far, and then Eddie Guerrero passed away. Yeah, and then thankfully, after that, they they reverted him back to his... uh, to his Chavo Guerrero namesake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. But just you could have had like one of the most racist angles of Andy Guerrero yeah. wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. But uh, yeah, like, uh, unfor- like unfortunately, leading up to his final days, he was actually scheduled to uh, take the big gold belt off of uh, Batista. But then, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, his his passing it. And then also, apparently, the plan for the WrestleMania that year would have been Eddie and Shawn Michaels. Oh, that that came out recently. That was supposed to be the plan for twenty two, not Shawn Kurt. It would have been Shawn Guerrero. Mm. That would have been so much better too. Yeah. Like nothing against Kurt Angle, but like Kurt Angle's a great worker. However, yeah, seeing seeing Guerrero and uh, Shawn Michaels go one on one for the for the big gold belt would have been something to see. What like it often goes through my mind what could have happened, or what what could have been had Eddie Guerrero still been here. Like I'm no 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 doubt in my mind he would be retired by some full time competition. But the feuds he could have had leading into his retirement, like, I have no doubt in my mind he would have faced Kofi Kingston at some point. Right. AJ yeah. Styles. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, really good matches that could have come to fruition had uh, had his uh, past habits not caught up to him and led to his untimely death. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And even, even once he retires. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least in the ring, like so much charisma, so much character and all that. He would have been a great manager. And imagine what they would have done on Lucha Underground just as a character, like as a manager or a an, an owner 
or something with with Lucha Underground. Like he would have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Would have been amazing. And like you, you could take that character and put him, put him anywhere. Okay, and just like um, you know, manager, promoter, whatever. Like it, it would have worked so well for sure. And even like even if he was still in WWE as a as a producer, I'm sure he could have taught uh, these young up and coming guys like. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or guys, like, even working closely with the other, like, luchadors. Like, nowadays, if he was, like, be, like able to be a backstage coach for guys like uh, Andrade or uh, Angel Garza. Garza, yeah. Because Garza Yeah, Gar- Garza nowadays is often being hailed as, like, a modern-day Eddie Guerrero or, like, the new Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even even if he was able to make like some the odd appearance in AEW, I think <laughs> maybe or maybe he could have been like he or he would have he would have made an awesome manager for anybody. Really, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you know how AEW brings in, you know, has an Eric Bischoff day, or they brought the Rock and Roll Express in for a quick little thing. Yeah, all that. why not have an Eddie Guerrero day? Yeah, instead, ah. instead of bringing these guys back to have matches like the WWE does and mm-hmm. make just makes absolute jokes out of their their current guys by having them job out to guys who can barely move anymore, <laughs> just right, right. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and like as a sports fan, and I might have said this on the show before, as a regular sports fan, like just it's 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 so great when they bring when they bring these legends in and all he's doing is just stepping out onto the baseball field and waving his hat and everyone yay you know like mm-hmm. you know it, uh, that's Break heartwarming that's it yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that that warms that warms my fan heart yeah when when i see that and like do do that with with the, you, it would have been the same thing with Eddie Guerrero just come out Wave, wave to the fans. Maybe have a quick little something. Yeah, his catchphrase. Yeah, <laughs> or just, yeah. just, just, uh, just the thought of of Eddie Guerrero coming out in the low rider one more time. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. I I could definitely go for that. Did you guys ever see him live? Like during no. the show here in the WWF? Unfortunately, I didn't. No, no, no. The no. one. One of the only two, like because I like I said in this in this episode I haven't gone to the WWF house show in years but I heard through one of our local uh, local pr- promoters on um, one of our local wrestling radio shows that they brought like on a WWF house show and this was when Guerrero was going through you know his problems with alcohol. You know that. Well, the he had a there was a house show in Winnipeg here, and I just it it chews me up that this happened here. But he, you know, the action went out ringside, and I guess he was a heel at the time. And some asshole front row poured his beer over Guerrero's head. Oh, okay. And never and never mind the idea of just maybe the beer getting into his mouth, and then he's trying to you know, kick the alcohol addiction and all that. Imagine mm. that, you know, never mind that being forced on you, but just the insult. Yeah. Of that. And maybe that fan who shouldn't have been doing that anyways, 
okay, maybe that fan didn't realize the implications of pouring alcohol onto a recovering alcoholic's head like that, what that represents and the implications and all that. Never mind, he shouldn't have been doing that at all. But it's compounded by that. And it's like, oh. like, I I don't know what happened to that fan. I Obviously, he got kicked out, and I hope he was never allowed back into the old barn again. Mm-hmm. And all that. Like, that. that is just is sick. Just sick. No, I agree with you. It's, uh, yeah, that sucks that that had to happen here. (laughs) Really, yeah. The fan fan probably had a few too many himself, and oh, that's just it. Yeah, thought thought it would be a hilarious moment to dump. Yeah, probably just not even thinking. Like this, this is a guy who has never had to deal with addiction in his life, and just. Got absolutely shit wasted in front row of the show and thought it would be funny. Oh, what if I did this? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's times like that. Okay, if Guerrero just turned around and just decked the guy, okay, there should be no legal repercussions against him. Uh, yeah, a uh, court like there are just times that you should be able to just punch a guy in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, there are times like that episode like, of Raw where CM Punk ran into the crowd and a guy grabbed his shirt so Punk just hit him. Yeah, like yeah. you if you're gonna touch the wrestler, if you're gonna do something stupid, then you should by law be allowed to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with, with everything going on in the world, okay, like if I'm out in the public, I'm out in public at a grocery store or something and you don't have a mask on. I, I should be able to hip check you, you know, <laughs> down down into the next aisle. I should be able to clothesline you. I should be able like there's just, you know, if you work retail, if you're a waiter or waitress and someone is being a dickhead to you, you should be allowed to punch that Kyle or Karen right in the snout. But that's that's just going through the wonderful world of snowy's mind right now yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm sure i'm sure like you guys have both worked with the public i'm sure you guys would agree like how, how many how many people have you guys wanted to kill being well, a security guard you have no fucking idea <laughs> thankfully yeah. thankfully i'm more of a behind the scenes guy when it comes to, when it comes to yeah, yeah but i have heard stories from the front of the house where they've act, where they've come back and vented their frustrations about certain certain customers. I don't call those people guests. Guests, guest yeah. is a term reserved for someone who is respectful to the who people. Is respectful, who yeah. And I'm yeah. sure you've wanted to grab the nearest blunt object and gone out to that person's table and showed them the error of their ways. Well, I'm I work. Sure. With, I also work with knives. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> okay. So, yes, is what yeah. I have serrated knives, chef's knives, big, long Jason Voorhees type knives. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't mess with Matt. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you win. You win. Yeah. But, uh, we, we, we even have these like special, like, uh, curved, like those curved blades that they, uh, that we use only for gluten-free pizzas. Well, this definitely... The Cinetar things are what they're called. Yeah. 
Okay, and, honestly, when I woke up this morning, it's like, okay, we're going to be talking about Eddie Guerrero. I didn't think I would be talking about Matt's knife collection at work. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And we also, I also have a nice German man named Hans who sharpens all of our knives for us. And oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah uh, yeah yeah we're a little off topic here that's okay (laughs) so let's uh let's uh talk about uh our favorite eddie guerrero matches shall we we have some favorite definitely um for me basically i'm just because you guys have got a better grip on this and can you know remember these as well but i'm just like wrestlemania 20 against kurt angle like he this was the crowning moment for him yeah like he went going not only going in as champion but also like that that one that one part where kurt angle had him in the ankle lock and he uh he slipped his boot off okay the finish of the match was like yeah he yeah he he slit or he undid the laces on his boot before uh, Kurt got the ankle lock on him, slipped out of the boot, and Kurt Angle's just like standing there looking at the boot, being like, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, then uh, then he charges Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie Guerrero gets him in a small package and ends up, uh, think used used the ropes for some slight elevation. He didn't do nothing. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, the referee didn't see it, so it doesn't count. Yeah, if the ref didn't see it, yeah. What's he gonna do? Sixteen years later, gonna reverse the decision? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea for a storyline on some, like, uh, have, see, we shouldn't be giving these ideas out, but have um, one of these veteran refs now, Mm -hmm. uh, like, 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 like a Hebner or something, show him like at his house or whatever. We have this special interview with Earl Hebner at in the in the the Hebner house in the Hebner household and seeing an old match where it's like oh, I never noticed that before. <laughs> and then his whole shtick could be him trying to reverse this 20-year-old decision. Okay. <laughs> between, between a guy who's not here anymore. Who's, a guy. Yeah, yeah, a guy's retired or not here, like bo- bo- both of them. But it's just him bugging, you know, the bookers, the the matchmakers. It's just, have, him, it's just we, him in Vince's office. Come yeah, on, Vince. We, 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 we have to overturn this. My integrity is at stake here. I never noticed this match. <laughs> Until but I then turned on the Vince, but then knowing Vince, he'd be like, "But they're both dead." Yeah. <laughs> well, well, ankles, but yeah, yeah, but like whoever, you know, you know, I just, oh, that would be great. That would be mm-hmm. great. Okay, sorry, but yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero matches was uh, like everybody. Like I said, everybody talks about uh, WrestleMania 20 or or his uh, his world title win at No Way Out against Lesnar or his cruiserweight matches in WCW. Uh, one of my favorite matches of Eddie Guerrero's was actually on an episode of SmackDown uh, from 2002. It was against Edge, and it was just a no disqualification match. Given given how often they would use ladders, you'd think it was a ladder match, but it wasn't. It wasn't even for a championship. Uh-huh. It's it just the two of them just duking it out for 20 minutes on on SmackDown, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, as Ducky and I were discussing earlier, 
pretty sure this was the first time Edge had noticed that his neck was giving him trouble. Ah, right. <laughs> Right, right. Okay, you know what? I'm going to let you guys talk for a second. I have to step away because I've had one too many lemmies here. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just like for a match that they would give away on free TV. Like this was nothing short of, uh, of a. It was it was pay per view worthy all day long. Mm-hmm. Had it been for like the world title or the intercontinental title, would have made it a little sweeter. But it doesn't didn't take away from how awesome it was. Like as it was, like yeah. So that's that was one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero matches, along with uh, the IC ladder match that him and Rob Van Dam had had uh, a year prior on on Monday Night Raw. So yeah, how about you? What's 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 your favorite? I would have to go with the Eddie and uh, Van Dam match from Raw. Mm. Okay, yeah. What uh, what highlights of that match do you think? Made it your favorite. Uh, probably the one that everyone remembers is when that fan jumped in the ring and got fucking tackled. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what we were just talking about, about fans yep. coming and jumping the barricade. Like, in my opinion, if you're stupid enough to jump the barricade uh, with guys that are like a foot taller than you in most cases, <laughs> or, or at least six inches taller than you in a lot of cases. Yeah, you, you deserve it. Yeah, like it's all bets are off when you jump in the ring and try to ruin the show. Mm-hmm. It's like obviously he had intention to harm by jumping the barrier. Exactly. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. Uh... So yeah, that's definitely some more underappreciated matches on his on his way up the ladder. I think. And uh, one, I think one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero spots that he ever did. Uh, on television was was on an episode of SmackDown. It was uh, it was a cage match against uh, JBL, and he did a frog splash from the very top of the cage. And I can only imagine how it was felt after that. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, I'm uh, back. I'm back. Sorry, guys. I'm here. And we can hear you. We can hear you coming in and pouring your lemmies. Oh, okay. The <laughs> <laughs> microphone hears all. That's right. That's right. There's no hiding. There's no kayfabe here, man. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> right on. One of the things I'll never forget since you're talking about Eddie Guerrero moments is when he introduced his family, he brought his family, and this was before Vicky became a character. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he brought his family in and he was introducing them and all that. And then he he introduced his kids and all that. And he turned to his wife, he turned to Vicky and he said, this is my mamacita. <laughs> and I like that always stuck with me. And there were just, there are just some times where I'm introducing Mrs. Snowy to someone new. Okay. While I don't say that, that flashes into my head. The way mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie introduced Vicky to, you know, to the to the wrestling world, and I want to do that. Just, I just wanted. This is my mamacita. Bragging <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about your partner, essentially. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. Well, which you should do, like brag about mm. brag about your partner. Oh, Light yeah. up. Like, definitely, definitely. She's yeah. way out of my league. I, oh. I'm, I'm lost without her. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's another thing. Like that, my dad always says that about my mom. If they might, if. If my dad didn't, or if, yeah, if my dad didn't have my mom, he wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And then, though, just the character that Vicky Guerrero became. 
Yeah, yeah. Just like just I'm, amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that, or I'm happy that WWE like brought her on, like as, as was able to hire her to give her like a a means of income and supporting her family mm-hmm. after, after her husband had died, and like she was she was given like an outlet to create organically create this character that would become famous <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just from, from a crowd who didn't like her or or what she was saying was just constantly booing her and that's thus excuse me was born <laughs> oh, it's so good so good and it's just it kind of it's gnawing at me that <laughs> aew is not using that well they are to an extent but well, no, yeah, it's, it's kind of the w- same character, but I get—I don't know. Maybe Vince actually owns the words "excuse me." I well, don't no. know. No, Vicky, Vicky does like her her AEW theme song is her. It's like a remix of her saying "excuse me." So she she still does say it, but oh, okay. not, not also, to the extent. Her podcast is called "Excuse Me." Oh, <laughs> holy shit! Who doesn't have a fucking podcast now these days? Oh, it seems like every every wrestler has their own podcast. Give it time. That. Give it time. We'll get the Marco Stunt podcast. Give it time. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I don't Probably. know. I'm, gonna, I'm just I'm just gonna have to just scour the internet just out of curiosity to just see who has one and who doesn't and kind of sample them all. Yeah, if they, if they don't have a Twitch, they have a they have a podcast. Sometimes they have both. I know Xavier Woods has uh, has uh, up up down down, which is his YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, and he also and the New Day have their own uh, have their own podcast too, which oh. I listen to a lot. And it's a oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's nice. Uh, okay, I've never actually listened to an episode, but I can only imagine how entertaining Big E must be. My oh, favorite. Uh, two yeah it's just there's one part from an episode where kofi brought his kid with him to work and they get in an elevator and xpox in the elevator so xpox leaves the elevator and his kid tugs kofi's kid tugs on his shirt and looks up at kofi and goes dad is he a pirate (laughs) (laughs) oh that's adorable imagine what an eddie guerrero podcast would be like today well well, what would it be yeah. called? Called yeah. you know, would it be called Viva Rasa? What would it? Be? Yeah, yeah, like oh, geez, yeah. I, I, w- I would like to think an Eddie Guerrero podcast would focus on um, on Mexican wrestling and oh. wrestlers like within Lucha Underground when it was when when it was thriving and mm-hmm. just you know, I would want it to be in English, obviously, just. For, so you can understand it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can actually un- understand it, but just yeah, to to focus on like the whole Latino wrestling, I really think that's what I would go for with the Guerrero podcast. What do you guys think? I guarantee you, his first guest on the first episode would be Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah, yeah. and I, I wouldn't want another guest other yeah. than him for the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah definitely if he could go through like. Like every episode, just have like uh, like an old school Latino wrestler, or like have him, yeah, have him interview like several uh, luchadors throughout the years, and even like the up and comers, like I said, like uh, like Andrade or uh, Angel Garza or Humberto Carrillo, mm-hmm. yeah, but not Shit, and all his uncles. Yeah, yeah, that too. Jeez. 
<laughs> yeah, Juventud Guerrera. Uh, uh, is Psychosis still doing his thing, or is he still around? Um, I think so. Psychosis I... was, if I'm not mistaken, he was here with CWE. I think last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So was um. So was Hoovy. Super, super crazy. Yeah, and super oh. crazy. So I guess all the Mexicals were here in the last two years. Okay. Uh, you even have interview guys like uh, like uh, Penta or Ray Phoenix or Eddie oh, Kingston. That would be amazing. Yeah. Anybody be... from LAX, like uh, mm-hmm. Santana Ortiz, Homicide Hernandez. Oh. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right on, right on. That would be incredible. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, what could have been. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna. We've said that a lot. And with... think if Benoit was still around too, and any podcast with Benoit would be fucking good. Oh yeah, them just talking about their ECW days, WCW days. Their even their match at One Night Stand for uh yeah, for ECW in two thousand five. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a catchphrase. What could have been? That's what could have been. That's too bad. Yeah, I another, think. Uh, I think. Out. I think Eddie definitely left us. Much too soon. Do we have anything else that we want to go over this, or is it time to pull this crazy train into the station? Yeah, I think uh, I think the station's calling. So uh, okay, okay. How can people get a hold of us? They can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Wrestling Night in Canada and Instagram at Wrestling Night in Canada. Right on, right on. Of course, Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Check us out there. Check out all of the fantastic. It's predominantly a wrestling network, like wrestling podcast network, but there's there's music, there's pop culture, there's comedy, there's all sorts of really cool things, including our brother show radioactive metal which uh you will find if you if you've if you're not tired of your cool uncle snow and you want a little bit more then you can go on to there check us out there radioactive metal.org which uh with with everything with all of these uh with such a strong connection as we spoke with about shellac tonight I think Radioactive Metal's got to do like a wrestling metal crossover type program. And I got to have you guys on. Do you think you would be up for joining my co-host Aaron and I one night on Radioactive Metal? You think you guys would be up for that? Absolutely, man. Oh, I'm yeah. Excellent, excellent. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been another exciting episode of Rate of... Oh, I almost said it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we yes, need a I counter do. for how many times you do that. <laughs> well, well, remember, uh, remember, every time he does that, he owes us a drink. Okay, oh, yes, goodness. that's right. I owe you guys a beer. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper, and I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>